Welcome to CTRM Radio, home of the official podcast of Commodity Technology Advisory and your source for information on all matters related to CTRM. Hello and welcome to another edition of CTRM Radio from Commodity Technology Advisory. My name's Gary Vasey and shortly I'll be joined by my colleague Patrick Reams. For this month's edition, we'll be talking to several vendors in the space of automated and algorithmic trading. With the growth of renewables, particularly here in Europe, many vendors have sprung up over the last several years focused on automated and algorithmic trading solutions, and these have began to expand into areas like optimization, real-time logistics, scheduling. To get started, we'll be talking with Jürgen Meyerhofer of Visitech. It was at the end of 2014 when EPEX, European Power Exchange, provided us with the possibility to automate trading via providing an interface. Um, so additionally to just do manual trading, um, software could be attached to the exchange. And that's when we introduced our product early 2015. So we had our first customers then shortly after the API was available. And since then, in the last three, three and a half years, more than half of the EPEX members already have this interface in place. So this means uh, half of the market for power in Germany already has the possibility to trade automated and the volume is increasing at a ridiculous speed uh, since then. And we saw that this trend kind of moved over to other markets. Nordpool was very active then providing this interface. Other exchanges uh, like Kupix in Hungary, BSP Southpool, they also offered, offered this possibility. And XBIT gave it an additional drive to combine continuous intraday markets. So we see, still see a large growth in that area over the next three to four years. And... Last year, we talked to PIGAS, the pan-European uh, gas exchange. They offer this API for a longer time already, I guess, since 10 years or so. And we were the first ones that already went also went into the short-term trading of natural gas. Uh, so we also see some tendencies there that it will increase um, liquidity on the exchanges. Okay, so what, what is it that's actually driving? What is it that's behind this, this move to intraday markets and the interest in intraday markets? Is it, is it purely about the renewables and, and the inability to accurately forecast renewable generation? Or, or is it there a broader set of reasons behind why markets are moving in that direction? What we see fundamentally is yes, if you look at the installed renewables capacities in these markets where a trading happens algorithmically, it's clearly a driver. So it's not only renewables, it's rather fluctuating renewables like wind and solar, but it's also availability of pumped hydro, for example, because it's a very fast flexibility. Another driver is decentralization, where virtual power plants, batteries, etc. are already used by our customers. So it's, again, rather flexibility. That's an issue. And we see also that it's, this is swapping over to the, to the gas market, as meanwhile, some power plants are built kind of as backup to stabilize the power grid. And to be fast, most of them are combined cycling or at least gas uh, turbine-fired power plants. So we will see also increased volatility in the short-term gas markets in the future out of, of the requirement to keeping the power grid stable. And are we going to get to the stage where in these markets it's going to be basically all ro robots trading against robots? And where does it go? Um, currently, we see that the, 
the top players going into the direction of fully automating intraday. So we have customers that really don't touch the systems at all. So they automate from wind forecast. There are other systems that provide price limits, etc., to algorithmic trading. We have even a service provider that automated demand side response. So the production is driven at least a part of this flexibility is driven by intraday market price developments without any human interaction. So technically it would be possible, but of course there's, there is more than intraday. There is OTC trading, there is the long-term stuff, futures, etc. So I think it will not be purely robots against robots, but for the intraday, it would be technically already pos- possible to simply avoid most of manual trading. There's been talk quite a few years now about automated trading in, in broader commodity markets anyway, driven largely by what, what has gone on previously in financial markets. Where do you see this going in terms of longer term markets in, in energy and gas, for example? We just started, so we're upgrading our products to also cover EX futures, both power and gas. We also do some OTC trading for power and gas. So I think that what we see currently is the trend that first pressure is on power intraday because it's so fast, meanwhile, so volatile that everybody sees the importance of speed, getting it done. We're doing thousands of trades per day um, with one algorithm which you can't do as a manual trader. And we see after this topic is solved and settled in the organization, people see the strength of our framework and say, um, can I do that uh, also for brokered markets? Can I automate my delta hedges? Can I automate whatever? Can I automate the decision? How much quantity to put the ahead and how much uh, to leave open for intraday? And our software is designed uh, to be a platform to cover all these aspects uh, if you want to automate them. So we're covering, meanwhile, part of the futures, uh, brokered OTC. We have automated the ahead interfaces to EPEX and are extending it currently for Nordpool. And we have a whole bunch of intraday markets um, or everything that's covered by EPEX from UK to Germany, France, Netherlands, Belgium, etc. So we see clearly a trend that it will be no matter where on the curve, um, it, it will be automated. And that's from a geographical and, and commodity perspective or product perspective. But we also see that the top players in the market start to scratch out the last millisecond. So we have some customers that say, Okay, can you scratch out one millisecond here? Can you scratch out two milliseconds? Uh, is it possible to co-locate your services, etc.? So I think it's going in the same direction. It's just that currently only top players want to have the least line and so on. And there is this other 80, 85% that haven't been in touch too much with, with this topic at all. So I'm talking rather about the, the front runners. Yeah, the early adopters, so to speak. Yeah. What does this mean in terms of integration of different solutions? Because if, if you're trading at that speed, then surely everything more or less has to be real time and to some degree aut- automated. So things like forecast, production forecasting, optimization, logistics, communicating back and forwards with markets around scheduling, that kind of thing. Doesn't it all have to be automated within a, within a single solution? Exactly. That's, that's our strategy to have everything in one platform. So it's not connected modules. It has really one uh, common basis. Um, and yes, that's what's happening at all our customers. So of course, if you're, you cannot say at the front, I want to have real time position monitoring and trading. 
And in the backend, the interface breaks down that provides me with an up updated position for my wind plant. So uh, we see this trend that either customers have everything in our platform or as much as possible. But we also see what they don't have in our platform that they are kind of refactoring the interfaces, focus more on monitoring on these interfaces and really prov provide a seamless flow through the IT landscape. Um, and that was not a, a requirement some years ago. So there were infrequent update and then there was some trading. And if it happened five minutes or one hour later, it was not an issue. Meanwhile, if you have, we have one customer with a lot of wind farms, um, if that information flow breaks down, they have a serious issue in the intraday market. So yes, I would confirm that machine optimization covers everything, also the input data. If you were thinking about being an energy trader, what skill set would now be the most appropriate looking into the future for an energy trader? I would say it, it has to be a mix of an, an analyst and a trader. So the person has to know the market, the person needs to know how others behave, but it's it's coming more and more relevant to understand algorithms, to understand programs, to understand how to analyze data, how to find patterns, how to determine trading strategies in such a way that somebody else can implement them. So I think it's the focus shifts from purely markets knowledge uh, to, to very technically oriented so that customers we see uh, we see at our customers that they establish automated trading teams or short-term teams and they always have some analysts that are able to write code and sit together with the traders and say okay what's your idea what have you seen what should we try out they sit together like with pair programming they tell them their ideas and they write down the new algorithms simulate it backtest it take it live and I think in the future um, it will be more and more requirement to either work good with analysts or be capable on on your own to write an algorithm or at least adjust it or parameterize it. What is Visitech working on right now? What the next big thing will be our artificial intelligence project that we're working on. It's R&D that we do for more than one year now. So we want to make our algorithm smarter, enhance it with more data. We started with integrated services that are already include weather forecast. So they had analogies, um, NSOE, uh, congestion management stuff, etc. And we will enrich or, or increase the amount of data that comes out of the box with our algorithms until to, I would say, fully fledged AI. I don't have the exact outcome, but we have got some good intermediate results where we think that we will have smarter algorithms than all the other players on the market. Thank you, Jürgen. We also had an opportunity to talk with Roland Peets of Likron. Roland? The way we got started was is, is actually the intraday market here in Germany, which is the um, very short-term physical market for power. It's a 24-7 market, and it's driven by the need of short-term balancing and the and the importance of, and the growth of the importance of that market was uh, mainly driven due to the um, huge addition of renewable feed into the to the basically the the German power system. The the need to balance the um, 
forecast, the feed-in forecast and the updates to this forecast is what drives the intraday market in Germany. And um, the intraday market itself is a 24-7 market. And by design, this whole um, business is data-driven. It is low margin. So also it's um, complicated in the sense that you um, basically have a, a rolling window of 24 one-hour products and 96 quarter-hour products. And therefore, it's on, on one side, it's very complex. So that, that, that sort of um, creates the need for assistive systems in this market. And on the other side, it's 24-7. Um, so it's uh, operationally, it's very expensive to, to participate in that market. And thirdly, the, the possibility or the, or the opportunities to create P&L to, to, to make money in this market are somewhat limited due to the fact that it's a physical market with no leverage. And the, the combination of these things basically is what um, drove this market to, um, to automation, to algorithmic trading. Do you see this automation and algorithmic trading having application to longer term markets as well? Because in the financial sector, plainly it has. Yes, because in the commodities, it, it, it wasn't such a, not, not so, so developed as in the financial markets, just due to the fact that there's not, not so much leverage and therefore there's not so much um, dollar value going around. But clearly, the, um, the development in this market and, and also especially with our participation, so in, in, on, on Epex Spot, which is the main market for power, we, we as Likron drove a lot of that development. Um, now there has been a proof of concept, basically, and a proof of, of business. And, and therefore, now the, the um, trust has been created, uh, as far as we can see, in, in these um, trading systems. And now we see a lot of demand also coming from other commodities, other asset classes like, um, so that's some, something we're currently intensely working on is short-term gas and moving from there also to short-term um, power in the continuous market and the, like the, the spot and um, forward markets. And after that, probably um, further up the curve. So um, yes, the... We believe that that is also driven by the need for automation, by the need for efficiency, but also by the by the fact that the proof of concept has been delivered basically in, in the short term markets and in the in the intraday market. It's not just Germany, is it? It's, um, I mean, there are other exchanges markets that now offer this intraday capability, correct? Yeah, so our main markets in, in power intraday are Apex Spot and also Nordpol. So those are the main markets. Um, due to this sort of market development, which um, is called Xbit, it's a cross-border intraday um, trading platform, more markets are being developed or being attached to, to, to a pan-European market. And therefore, we, there's a, the definite movement also by the power exchanges to move to continuous trading and also to connect to the pan-European order book. How much of the industry currently do you see adopting automated trading and or algorithmic trading? Currently, there's actually quite quite a bit of movement. So we see a lot of willingness to invest in these systems. Um, we have a number of customers. We've had them for years, so we would um, classify them as first movers. And now we what we would see is in power, we're seeing the second um, sort of generation of, of companies looking at these systems. In other markets, like for example, gas forwards, we would classify the people who are coming on board now using our system as the first movers. 
How do you see a solution like yours interacting with a, a more traditional ETRM type solution? What, what's the overlap and do you see yourself getting into the ETRM side eventually or, or not? No, as a um, as a company, Lecron is, and actually that that's a um, part of our USP, we are um, 100% focused on the trading side. So we have no interest in recreating systems that are out there, um, um, like the ETRM systems or other systems in that arena. What our goal is and, and also what we strive to do is to have um, the best connectivity you can get to those systems so basically from from our side what we receive from those kind of systems would be flexibility open positions orders maybe some um, global parametrizations of algorithms and what we deliver to those systems are basically trades market information um, yeah basically some some internal status of of the trading system so we we see ourselves as in, in the value chain as the slice between the um, like a virtual power plant and ETRM system and the market. And uh, that's where we um, add and then create value. Yeah, I, I understand. And, and what sort of systems do you also have to integrate with or, or what other functionality do you have to offer? Because in a real time world where, where speed is of the essence and there's lots of information, surely there's a need for forecasting, optimization, scheduling, logistics, all of those kinds of things. So Correct. How, how do you resolve that issue? We, we talk to those systems. Either we talk to them and with, um, with regular interfaces, standard interfaces, um, often Firebase, CSV, but also more and more we see um, integration also with APIs. So we provide an API, we see um, those, those sort of our surrounding systems um, providers, they provide APIs and um, so it, we obviously we we receive the information from those systems to, um, as, as I said, as, as orders to trade in the market, as flexibility to monetize that flexibility, and we pass the um, sort of in the other direction. We pass um, trades, we pass market information, we pass I don't know, for example, just just a random example like. Um, uh, available transfer capacities on the borders, so that that, that kind of information is um, is passed around and and, and also um, in in real time if if we use the API and we definitely see a need and and the demand to uh, to speed up the the uh, the passage of information and and uh, or the the transmission of information and therefore um, the need for APIs is is clearly um, something that that will is is there and which which will continue to to be there and and um, even increase what is it that you see as the next step for your company's development so the various dimensions we are we are working on and, and um, growing so one is um, that we take what we have to um, more asset classes as I, I mentioned short-term gas and being on the on, on the plate now but on the horizon um, is forward markets spot continuous spot markets um, in, in power also futures markets in, in power and gas so that's something um, we will be looking at for sure the other dimension we are growing in is that we provide more business logic to our system so right now we are mainly um, focused on, on just pure trading 
and uh, maximizing basically the, the value of, of like flexibility in, in the market and, and closing and opening positions with the with the best possible um, yeah market impact. But we also see demand for um, more business logic in the sense that um, we provide business cases out of the box. So if, if you come to us as a customer and your specialty or maybe your interest is not even to have an optimal trading setup, then we can provide you with much more infrastructure in the sense that, for example, we can take your gas plant and then um, attach it to the market and, and you just give us a few parameters and then we maximize that value in the market for you so that's uh, that's something which is um, where we as, as, a, as a pure trading focus company have not so much um, had the focus on yet but we see a demand for that thank you Roland and for our final interview we also caught up with Johan Zamboni of easy energy so for us it's important from an operational point of view because as you might know we do have uh, we are a software editor but we do also have 24 7 team acting on behalf of our customers and so doing so we are very familiar with the operational process of our customers when we act on their behalf so we know that when you go uh, to do some uh, intraday trades what is really important also is to be able to have all the logistics following all the logistic functionalities that will enable you to have a smooth and a very um, a straightforward process because it's not uh, it's a good thing to do intraday but uh, if you can nominate or do the logistics afterward it's uh, it's useless or it could be a problem so this is why we have done uh, that uh, as an integrated solution. And, and you actually provide services as well as the software. So you actually do this on behalf of some of your yeah, customers. Exactly. Do you? So we have customers for which we do balance, for instance, their power perimeter. So we do some manual trading on the intraday. So we see uh, right away the uh, the need and also how efficient an integrated solution could be uh, behind that. And where do you think this is going in terms of the solution set? Are there other points of integration required to truly support an automated intraday trading shop? Yes, especially regarding uh, power assets rescheduling, because this is also a part where uh, you need some, uh, you, where you can have some uh, intraday optimization, let's say, to produce less, to produce more, to produce uh, earlier than forecasted or later than forecasted. And then what is really needed is, uh, in that case, is an integration with uh, asset scheduling which means scheduling the assets uh, in regards to what the TSO expects uh, on one hand, so telling the TSO what the new schedule is, but also in regards to the assets itself, because you have to send the new assets to the SCADA system of the asset. And this is where integration is really uh, interesting, because if you can trade up to five minutes before delivery, then you, ha you don't have a lot of time to do some manual work after, after that. Do you see opportunity for this in other commodities or other markets outside of the, the traditional European markets? To be honest, we are very focused on Europe, so we, we don't have a lot of uh, view on other markets. However, uh, it's not only for power, but also for gas, because on gas, you have a lot of continuous markets. You don't have uh, like their head fixing or this kind of things as in power most of the time. So those markets are much more used to arbitraging and also doing some continuous trading. And in that case, 
you also have some interesting things to do. I like automating gas trading, which I was going to say intraday, but not only. So gas trading, but integrating it also with nomination management and scheduling management. So for us, what is important is we have talked about it, the integrated solution, but also the user interface. For us, for such a subject topic as intraday trading, where things go fast and things might be complex, uh, you have to be really uh, using uh, an interface which is very user-friendly. And we have always made things such also for logistics. And so this is also something we are really uh, hard working on and that uh, on the first feedbacks we had is uh, acknowledged by, uh, by our customers. Do you see anything North America-wise um, from an from a automated algorithmic trading perspective, Patrick, or is this truly an, a European phenomenon right now? Well, I think certainly the, the algo trading solution development is a European-centric development at this point in time. I think the difference is the U.S. markets, uh, North American markets, have been have been open and, and liberalized for a decade now, more than a decade. And I think that the tools, the business processes are, are pretty mature, pretty solidified in terms of what's required to do business in this market. Now, as the U.S. market does kind of accelerate with the influx of renewables, we do have five-minute markets, 15-minute uh, markets here. So it is a, it is a fast-moving market, but it's largely an operational market on the intraday side. It's not about necessarily trying to find trading profit. It's about operating efficiently and running your assets at a, at a profitable margin. So it's, I think from a trading perspective, it, it, it probably is more of a, a European-centric topic, I suppose, when we talk about algo trading for power markets. But the interesting thing is, is that if you look at um, if you look at what the the vendors are putting out in terms of algorithms for algorithmic trading, it, it is all around operational optimizing generation for profit, optimizing this. So to some extent, I understand what you, you know your position is on, on North American markets, but it seems I'm still puzzled because I would I would suggest that part of what's going on in the European context is is potentially operational as well. Is is it Maybe as well that the exchanges or the, the TSOs or whatever don't provide an API to allow automated trading directly. Is it something like that perhaps that's different or, or can you think of any other reasons? I, I don't deal directly with the TSOs, so I, I don't know if, they're, if they've got a prohibition against tightly coupling, but I, I think certainly the 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 information exchanges that exist in the US are very mature and there are vendors that provide the direct access to those to, to the TSOs and and trading with those TSOs it's it again is a is an operational necessity to have those i, I can't necessarily explain why the why programmatic solutions aren't necessarily finding a foothold or finding much interest in the US other than again just the maturity of the solutions that exist exist here to, to manage real-time trading from an operational perspective. There are several vendors in the U.S. That, that provide those kind of solutions, but they are very much U.S.-centric solutions. Yeah, so it's, it's certainly a regional, it seems to be a regional thing. On the other hand, we do we do see, I mean, according to the statistics from people like the CME, I saw something today around automated trading uh, in commodity markets 
increasing. But it does seem to me that um, generally in commodities, automated trading is increasing. And it's an area that I suspect we're going to have to look more at in the future as an advisor in the industry. The, the power markets are, I think, unique and interesting because they are real-time delivery markets. And, and really, there's not any other commodity that you, you find that has that kind of operational constraint or operational characteristic. Gas markets are, are essentially a day ahead with some intraday stuff associated with it, in the U.S. at least. Uh, I know in, in Europe, they're trying to go even probably farther than that over time. But you know, U.S. markets for gas, you don't have instant delivery like you do with power. And no other commodities really have that kind of time characteristic associated with them. So I think the tools are going to be different. Certainly, I think trading optimization tools are always going to be there and always going to become more sophisticated. But I think operationally, they're, they're different. And the interesting thing talking to, or I think it's all three of the participants today, was that they're all looking into longer term trading as a possibility for further expansion of the software offerings. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where some interesting stuff could come up when you start bringing AI into the discussion and start bringing together all the different channels of information out there and, and really consuming those with, with AI type applications. That could be a very interesting future that we have in trading. And it could actually wring a lot of the volatility out of the market, which could be also interesting and, and not necessarily in a good way for traders. Yes, as well as changing the trader's job description, probably. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was probably one of the most salient points was, you know, we are talking about data analysts as traders, just like we've, we've seen in, in, in Wall Street. I mean, you know, the hedge funds and, and those guys have been employing, you know, data scientists as, as essentially as traders creating trading machines, essentially. So it's, it's a brave new world. And so that's it for this month's edition of CTRM Radio, a podcast from Commodity Technology Advisory. On behalf of my partner, Patrick Reams, and our guests today, I'd like to thank you very much for listening. I'd also like to extend our thanks to the three guests that we spoke to in this edition. Please don't forget to come and visit us at ctrmcenter.com, where you can find free research, free analysis, news, media, and much, much more. Once again, thank you very much. See you next time. You've been listening to CTRM Radio, a podcast by leading industry analysts, Commodity Technology Advisory. You can find more information about us at ComTechAdvisory.com and much more news, views, research, and information on CTRM at the CTRM Center at CTRMCenter.com. Thank you for joining our presenters, managing partners Patrick Reams and Gary M. Basie and their guests today, and we hope to see you on a future edition of CTRM Radio. 